Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Hi, I'm Julian Stevens, Managing Director of Sovereign Metals Limited. Sovereign has discovered what is likely to be one of the world's largest rutile deposits uh, in Malawi in Southeast Africa. Rutile is a, a titanium mineral and it's the purest natural form of titanium and its main uses are in pigment and in the welding industry. Hello, Julian. Good morning. Oh, good afternoon to you. You're in Perth, aren't you? Good morning to you, Matt. Right, and I hear you've also just moved house, so you're in all sorts of uh, world of hurt and pain at the moment. So thanks very much for coming on our show. I really appreciate it. We've not met or spoken before. Story's new to us. I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm really excited to hear the story. Right, thanks. Well, thanks um, for having me on. No problem. So let, let's let's go back to the beginning because, like I said, I haven't really heard of the story. Like a year ago, you're at twenty sure. cents. You're at sixty four now. Yep. So it's been a good twelve months for you guys. Um, but I want to know where this thing started. So how long have you been involved? So I've actually been involved in Sovereign since uh, 2011 when I was actually one of the original vendors of this large ground package in Malawi to Sovereign. And uh, at that time, the we were looking for graphite. So we took the company uh, through uh, a number of uh, graphite deposits and we we actually took one to a PFS and uh, in about in 2018, during that time, we, we started getting sniffs of rutile in the area and really made this sort of large or very large rutile discovery in uh, 2000, uh, uh, very early uh, last year in 2020. Okay, so hunting graphite originally, and did you say you you done a yes. you had completed, or you're in the middle of PFS PFS, PFS. On, a, on a graphite deposit that we found wow, so uh, there, actually close by to our rutile deposit. So that's still in the bag somewhere. Still in the bag. Correct. Okay, but you've segued over to retail, but because what's more profitable, bigger market? You think you can win? Just look, look, look. The the, the market at the time, the market. The market was a little bit difficult for graphite. It, it was a little bit difficult to to raise money, and we uh, found this fantastic opportunity on our ground package in a in a probably uh, well a really strategic industrial mineral, and uh, that that's actually in significant supply deficit. So so we um, uh, sort of segued across there. But as you as you said, we are still looking to do something with our graphite projects. Okay, so um, where are you in with regards to the retail? Because I obviously saw the, the press sure. release comes out and said you've made one of the well, larger discoveries globally uh, for, for retail. Exactly. So we spent, I said we discovered this uh, very early last year. So we've spent the last 18 months really drilling out this really large deposit. It's uh, it, it's mind-boggling, actually, the size of it. At, at the moment, we've defined rutile mineralisation over around 114 square kilometres. But the resource, we've only done enough uh, uh, drill density in about 43% of that area. So that, that 43% is what we've uh, conducted the inferred mineral resource estimate on. So there's still a lot more to come. Um, if I could show you some maps... Uh, well, I, I will do after the, and obviously uh, check out our announcements. Uh, you you will be able to see that very very clearly. So, at the moment, it's just, looks like it's the second biggest deposit in the world, but 
you everyone can see a clear pathway to it being the biggest root oil deposit in the world. Okay, so there's going to be lots of generalists and new people coming to the mining space that there always is. They won't necessarily mm. understand what it is that you're aiming to try and do. So saying um, root oil using pigments. So and you made the decision board level to segue over to that. So tell us a little bit about the market that you're telling us is now in debt, structural down deficit. Sure, sure. So the market really is uh, the titanium market. And so this is a titanium feedstock mineral. So the key products or the key sectors of the market are uh, the pigment industry, which is 50 to 60% of the, the retail market. So that's titanium pigments, really meaning paint, uh, other, other uh, products like toothpaste, uh, even cosmetics, these sort of things. So, um, and then, and then about 30% of the market is the welding industry for, for, uh, natural rutile. That goes into welding flux. Uh, that's the, that's the sort of coating on the welding rods. And about, about 10% or so goes into titanium metal, which goes into, you know, aerospace, um, uh, uh some, some medical uses, you know, uh, um, synthetic joints and, and these sort of things. So that's, that's really the broad, breakup of the market. Now, rutile is the highest purity natural uh, form of titanium, and it compete at about 95% titanium dioxide in nature. And it competes with another mineral uh, called ilmenite, which is around 50% titanium dioxide. The pricing of these, these two different minerals is uh, hugely disparate. Uh, rutile goes for around $1,200 US a tonne on contract, contract price, if you like, at the moment. And Buddy Ilmenite is around $200, $250 a tonne. So significant difference. That the, the difference in pricing is because some applications can only use natural rutile, for example, welding. Um, and uh, there's much less waste and or carbon dioxide units uh, emitted to the atmosphere by using this pure form or, or very pure form of natural uh, titanium being rutile over uh, the um, over its uh, poorer cousin, I suppose, ilmenite. So, I mean, what's the split between? Well, I know it's kind of early days, but have you got a sense of the, the split of between rutile and ilmenite with your deposit? Okay, zero ilmenite, all rutile, all the value is in the high, the high, um, high purity rutile. Yes. Okay. Um, so I, I guess that's why we saw the, the comparison between one of your peers, um, base resources, another Aussie company um, in there. Yes. Okay. So you're saying you're better yes. than them. Uh, I wouldn't say we're better than them. We, we, we've got a slightly different project in that all of the value in our project or, or the vast majority of the value in our project is rutile. They have a, a mixed bag. They do have a significant portion of rutile, but they also have ilmenite and they also have the other uh, mineral that often occurs in these sort of deposits being zircon. Right, and, and obviously they're cash flowing at the moment. But um, so tell, tell us about um, how you are going to advance this project forward. So you, we, we've, we've got a sense of where you are today. How much cash have you got? Yes, uh, we've got about $8 million in the bank today. Right. Uh, Aussie, of course. Where does that get you to? That'll get us to a bit. That'll get us to at least to a PFS. What, what, a, from here. P, what a completed PFS? Yes. Right, okay. And then what? And then we'll go to a, then we'll you know start looking for offtake agreements and we'll, and we'll go to a DFS, then 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 funding and, and construction and, and production. I said PFS straight to DFS because it's quite simple. 
flow sheet. No, so sorry, I, I jumped. I jumped a step. We've we've kicked off a scoping study right now. Got it. So so we are going full bore at a scoping study. Um, there'll be some an announcements around progress with that into the market in the next few weeks. We um, so we've got a team together there, and and everyone's starting off on their on their work packages. We are currently targeting November for that, and. Um, for, for release to the market, a significant, a significant portion of that, oh, sorry, a significant component of the work program there is a, a, a drill out of the deposit. Uh, the deposit at the moment is in, in the Jork inferred resource category and we need to get up, that up to indicated so that can form the basis of our, uh, of our feed for our scoping study. Right, and then you're going to need money. So when do you come to market for that? Before the PFS is complete? Or after it, it may be, maybe, maybe sometime before the PFS is complete, right? A, a little while from now, though. Yeah, no, I understand that. I, I tell you why I ask because you've done well, you're up three times in, in the last 12 months. It's good, shareholders mm. happy, people looking in now Thanks. going to want to know the kind of the, the, the path forward. But I'm looking at your press releases, you don't give much away, do you? Uh, in terms of well, it, it, it's you know, the, in, terms, in terms of you're not very marketing oriented it's just here here are the facts just you know make, make it I, look i think will. i think we've it's kind of the commodity kind of sells itself you know um what does it but, what, do you, what do you mean, mean by we, that? what do you mean by that well I, I mean the commodity sells itself in in that the it is in it would be fair to say extreme deficit at the moment uh and and there's in the foreseeable near to medium term there's uh, no way that that gap in the market is going to be a hundred percent filled. Okay, but you've so, got you've so, got to tell people that, right? So, what um, what is the total size of that market dollar terms today? Sure. Uh, look, the total size of the uh, titanium uh, feedstock market is around fifteen billion dollars, and uh, Rutile goes into a high grade portion of that market, I suppose, which is. Uh, between four and five billion dollars. Right, and so what happens in a market like this? I mean, actually, here's one for you. So, what's your background? But before you were hunting in Malawi for graphite, what, what have you done? Uh, I've actually got a. I'm, I'm a geologist, and I've got a PhD in gold. So, since I finished my PhD in 2003, however, I've become a bit more of a generalist. So, I've, I've looked at a lot of, I guess, different deposit uh, or deposit styles. Uh, uranium, uh, niobium, rare earths, graphite, rutile, uh, other, other mineral sands, uh, et cetera, base metals. So you can dig it up, you're, you're hunting it. Yeah, I look, look, I've, I've pretty much looked at anything. I'm not a petroleum geologist or, or a coal geologist, so I generally avoid those sort of things. But any, any uh, mineral, however, however funky and uh, it might be, uh, generally keen to have a look at. And I've seen Ian Middlemas on, on, on the board there, but who else, I think most people know, um, who else is involved? Uh, so we've got Mark Pierce uh, on the board, who you may have heard of as well, uh, and uh, Ben Stoikovic, you might have heard of there in London. He's our London-based director. He's a uh, mining engineer. Right, and what do they do? I mean, he's, he's actually running this thing. He's like, uh, Ian's got a few things on his plate, right? So he's, he's actually sure. driving this thing forward. Oh, I'm driving it mainly, and, and ben, Ben's assisting me on, on that side in London. And as I said, Ben's a mining engineer, so he's assisting me in 
you know, um, or assisting with the studies, etc. Right. Okay. So not on a full time basis. Not on a full time basis. Okay. So no, I, I'm obviously full time basis. Yeah. So the GNA. There's a question. I was like, you know, in the last twelve months, what, what's happened to the GNA in terms of spend? Yeah, it's it's been going up. I'm I'm building the team has been building over the last twelve months, and in particular over the last um, couple of couple of months. Meaning what? You've had more relevant people for the stage of development that you're at? or Correct, correct. So, people getting paid so, more? I mean, what, what's that mean? No, not exactly. We're bringing on uh, more headcount and uh, a couple of key positions. We're bringing on a, uh, a new country manager for Malawi because things have, have gotten much bigger and our uh, current country manager will be moving to a technical manager position. He's a, ge- he's a geologist like me. And we're starting to build an owners team here in Perth. One of a, a key position there was uh, uh, head of development, and um, uh, where we've employed an experienced mineral sands metallurgist in that position. Okay, so so, so if technically, um, retail relatively easy flow sheet, relatively easy technically yet to mine. Um, so that's not too complex, but it, and I, but I assume you've got the relevant people or skill sets in house for that. Yeah, we we have in house expertise now. Yes. Okay, and then with regards to the market, because you talked about contracts earlier, you're going to need to start demonstrating that within the sort of next what 12, 18 months. Yeah, I, th- I think about twelve months. I think probably you know during the PFS we'll start getting down uh, some you know potential MOUs that we will be looking to convert to contracts. Okay. And but that that being said, we have had significant contact with potential well with potential off takers uh, meaning obviously retail buyers consumers do i need to know which country they're from can i guess um you, you can guess i'm i'm, I'm going because there's, there's obviously there's a massive market in, in china but are you going down that route because they, I'm no. just intrigued by no, okay. I'm intrigued by the dynamics, obviously, between Australia and, and China at the moment, but also sort of sure. globally. There's a sort of much more combative tone in terms of mineral <coughs> security, etc. So, how's that affecting your thinking? So, for us, we are uh, kind of lucky in that China doesn't use a lot of rutile in general. Uh, they use the cheaper ilmenite, and a lot of their uh, pigment plants are set up to use the cheaper ilmenite. So our rutile, most the, the the majority of groups we've spoken to, being in the pigment sector and in the welding sector, are North American, European, or Japanese. Gotcha. Okay, right. So is there anyone else? Is anyone in the house with regards to experience in setting up and writing those contracts, getting those contracts, or you? Doing that through a, a trading partner. I mean, you know, in which case, you know, is your margins being affected in any way, shape, or form? I mean, what, what are you, how are you approaching it? No, a little bit too early for that. A little bit too early. We're, we're six months away from starting that process. In the meantime, we're we're talking to these groups, keeping them warm, giving them samples, and in fact, they're on the phone. You know, they're picking up the phone more more to me than than I'm than reverse. You know, um, simply because this market is in you know supply deficit and and they're desperate for secure supply right okay okay so you're just gonna okay, so it's easy for you you're just gonna like sell sell into contracts and that's that's as complicated as it needs to get for you it's, it's really sort of simple I, I imagine it would be a mix right okay I imagine it I imagine it would be a mix of of you know say 60 to 80 percent contracts and you know 40 at uh, 20 to 40 percent 
on short term. Uh, uh, sorry, on on spot. How do contracts work then? I mean, obviously they're they're fixed term contracts, but do you sign up for mm. t- a one year, two year, three year contract, or is it volume? How's it work? Uh, we're we're seeing generally sort of two to five year contracts. Okay. Uh, yes. So how do you negotiate that? Given you said that we're in structural deficit, therefore prices usually go up at in moments like that. So how do you? Ne- I'm just intrigued in the negotiation that, bit because that's that, that's where margins get sure. shaved or made. So. Yeah, no, no, no. Of course. Look, uh, I, I would. Um, we we haven't the project's early stage. We haven't got uh, to. To be fair, we haven't got down right down that path yet. Okay. I will be bringing someone on at the right time to assist us with that. Okay. But um, you know, I, 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 it's just too early to talk about okay. contract negotiation. Yeah. And I'm just intrigued about you know who's on board and who's not. Okay, so it's too early. Come back and tell us about yeah. it when when they come on board because that's that's yeah. intriguing to me. When companies come on and make claims about inserting themselves and taking five percent, ten percent of a global share, not that you have, sure. but people do come on and <clears> say that I'm intrigued. Well, tell me how, and they usually can't. So sure. I'm. Sure. Let's go to Malawi then. So Malawi, we know we know Malawi a little bit. We've had you know the odd Aussie company. I think uh, Lotus Resources on here operating in Malawi. Uh, there's a few others. Um, how are you finding doing business there? Oh look, Malawi is a fantastic place to, to to be. I've actually been working in Malawi for 16 years. Okay. On a number of projects before before Sovereign, and then obviously on Sovereign for the last 10 years. It's a small uh, Southeast African country. Uh, X. Uh, British colony, English is the official language, uh, really, really friendly people. It's a agriculture dominates the economy. The government's very, very aware and, and, and putting in significant effort to diversify the economy at the moment. And one of the, um, one of the economic sectors that they're looking at seriously is, is the mining sector. So that all being said, we've had fantastic support from Malawian government. Uh, over the years, and uh, and now more than ever, they're, they're they're really throwing their weight behind us and this and this project. So we, we've got fantastic support there from them. Right. So so I assume is it English rule of law, good mining codes, yes. et cetera, et cetera. Okay, yes. fine. Um, yes. On the resource, um, obviously you you put out put that out. I mean, are you, do you need to do any more work on that between now and delivery of the PFS? Absolutely. We, we will be doing two things on the resource. One is doing a infill drilling program to bring a significant portion of that existing resource from the inferred category, resource category, to the indicated resource category so that we can use that in our scoping study. And the second component is we will be expanding our, our drilling and trying to bring more tonnes into the overall resource as well. Well, can you tell us about the actual ore body? Because I haven't actually had a chance to look at that. So, sure, I can tell you that it's all near surface. It's it's really vast in area. As I said, at the moment we've, we've got about 114 square kilometres of mineralisation. The really interesting uh, aspect about this deposit, Cassia, is that all of the highest grade uh, mineralisation is at surface, like right from surface, pretty much in the top five metres. So really, really very easy to access this. And we're talking about grades of, you know, between sort of 1.4% and and 2%, up to 2% uh, in this near surface area. So uh, we will be able to target that that high grade, you know, really early on in the in the mine life and, and be, that will assist us in being able to 
um, get our capital paid back as, as early as possible. Right, and you based it on, so again, with the resource, you based it on what? Sure. How much how much work has been done on whatever the resource is based on? So we have done approximately 500 drill holes uh, in the resource area. They've been drilled to generally an average depth of only about 12 metres. So that that's at, and about, at about 400 by 400 uh, meter spacing, so very wide spacing. But this mineralization is so consistent, we can drill it at that uh, quite wide spacing and still um, achieve a jork resource. So the other areas that have not been included, as I said, forty three percent of that one hundred and fourteen uh, kilometers squared has is currently in resource. The other areas that have not been able to uh, be classified in the jork resource yet have been drilled at something like 800 by 800 metres. So we need to go in and uh, a bit closer and, and do some more drilling in those areas to get that into the resource. Okay. What, what's uh, – someone used to send a question in on using the phrase slag retail. What is slag retail? Uh, so uh, there are two products that compete with retail in, in the market, uh, in the pigment market uh, in particular. One is uh, titania slag. So that is – Ilmenite that has been smelted to produce uh, what 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 is produced when you when you smelt ilmenite is a, a pig iron or iron and uh, titanium dioxide sort of concentrate that grades about eighty five percent TiO two, so that can be used for pigment production. It's it's kind of approaching the TiO two grade or titanium dioxide grade of of rutile. and the other product is uh, called Sinrutile. Sinrutol is basically a ilmenite that has been leaked, acid leached of its iron to bring up the TiO2 content. Right. So the 15 billion number you gave me earlier is, is what includes what? Is that just pure? It, it includes all all il, it includes all ilmenite, um, sinrutol, uh, slag, and natural rutol. And I'm assuming pricing falls. Falls away for each of those, does it? Compared to what it you're does. talking about, right? Okay, so correct. What percentage of the fifteen billion market would you be feeding into then? Um, that that sort of four to five billion. Got it. Segment. Okay, where, so you, where the, the high it's the high grade feedstock component of the market. Got yeah. it. Okay, so you're four to five billion. That's the that's the actual target yep. market that you were going for. So exactly. Uh, so how many competitors in there? You know, who are you competing against? Where 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 are they supplying from? Sure. Uh, you're you're competing against companies like Aluka, uh, Tronox, uh, etc. Uh, Mineral Sands Miners. Um, you know, uh, Rio, Kenmare, uh, Base. Etc. Okay, but see, so I get there's a deficit, deficit potential now, and, and, and going into the future, you're saying, it, is it possible for any of those competitors to ramp up to increase their production? Because obviously they're feeding into the you know the market as they as they uh, need to at the moment. Because I guess they don't want to be an oversupply, drive price down. So how do you in, how do you interact and how do you insert yourself into that ecosystem of four, four to five billion bucks sure sure so the first thing is a component of that four to five billion dollars is is natural rutile and a component of of that market is sin rutile or slag the the upgraded uh the upgraded products right Got so rutile natural rutile um is the preferred feedstock is technically preferred because it's more pure and it produce you produce less waste when you're making it. You you use a lot less energy 
and you produce a lot less CO2 or carbon dioxide units. Um, so, so it's technically preferred, but it's more expensive than those than those cheaper feed than those lower grade uh, feedstocks in Rutol and uh, titanium slag. Okay, okay. So, so if, if that the four point five, four to five billion includes those, again, just in terms of the pure. I'm just trying to narrow it down. I'm trying to understand the size of your market that you're, yep. you're going into. What, so, what what is that then? It's, it's four to five billion. We 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 can take we can take market share from those other products, okay. and, and we will we will because there's there's such a shortage of natural rutile in that high grade chloride feedstock market. Okay, you said it's preferred, but you know money it's money preferred. talks money talks right. You of know, course, if, if it's if something's significantly cheaper, like whether mm. it be the sin or, or the slag, some users are going to be tempted to just stick with that because it's kind of good enough. Correct, correct. It's not the best, and, and look, it's but not it's good enough. Correct. It's, it's not a binary choice. Actually, many of the pigment processes will use 20% rutile and 80% slag or, or 30% rutile and, and 60 and 70% sin rutile or, or something like that, you know. So it's a mix. They put a they put a blend in uh, and they balance their um, their their economics, their plant economics uh, with other factors like uh environmental factors um etc et and you know as, as you know that is becoming more and more and more of a oh we're thing. getting there i want to get there because i'm see i'm, I'm interested in that the, i know we said you're not at that stage we're on contracts but you've got to understand what you're building into right where you know either the sin and the slag is cannibalizing your potential market or you're going to cannibalize some of their market and i know there's blending going and that's great um this this where it is right so do you guys need to do a better market better job on the marketing because of the, the, this kind of green component i mean can you honestly say hey we're a little bit greener than those guys you should be using us because the big funds are getting upset if your carbon footprint is is too big i mean again how do you how do you play that what's your understanding absolutely we have begun some i guess quiet marketing on that and if you look at the recent some of our recent announcements and in, in particular presentations, you'll see that we do have a slide on there that that highlights the, uh, I guess, environmental benefits of using Rutile um, as opposed to the to the upgraded uh, products in Rutile and, and titanium slag. So absolutely, it's a big, we, we, um, we, we have started and we, and we intend to sort of ramp that that sort of marketing up uh, over the next six, 12 months. Okay. Okay. You, you, your grades are good. So I'm going to assume you're, you're going to come out eventually and tell us that your, your margins are good too. So I don't necessarily want to go, go there yet until you're ready to talk to the market. But I do want to talk about your share register uh, at the moment. And how's that changed over the last 12 months? Are you getting more institutions in? And if so, who? We are. Uh, in particular, we have Sprott on board. They, they have been great supporters, uh, backed uh, our last two capital raisings, you know, very well and, and brought some of their clients in as well. Sprott out of where? Out of North America. Right. Okay. So, so are they there? What's their equity position? It, it would be maybe 12%. Okay. It, 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 they, they, they do. They, I'm not sure exactly today, but they do. You know, they do buy our market, etc. As well. Okay. Okay. Interesting. And who, who else have you got on board? We have uh, a large component of uh, German investors. Actually, about thirty percent of the register is is in Germany. 
Um, so that's that's been great. They're, they're great shareholders and uh, generally tend to stick. Um, we also have, oh, oh, you know, management and, uh, sorry, sorry, I should say, uh, directors and uh, some of my co-vendors uh, are at around uh, 11% at the moment and uh, a sort of group of high net worths that generally follow Apollo Group stock, stocks and, and have a relationship with, with uh, Ian, our chairman, about another 15 and the rem- remainder would be, be general free float. Retail, okay. Interesting, okay. Hey, well, look, um, look thanks, thanks for the run through. I just wanted to kind of, you know, hear the story because it's getting, it's getting sort of a little bit heated and I'm sort of keen to talk to the different players out there and understand how they're coming at it. So I appreciate your time today. Um, you better go back to moving house properly or unpacking boxes wherever you're at. Unpacking. Unpacking. Yay. <laughs> so much fun. Um, and uh, stay in touch and uh, let us know how you're getting on. Okay. Thanks for having me on. So just, just a reminder, here are the things to look out for the net, look out for the next six or 12 months. Uh, we'll ha- be having a resource upgrade as I discussed and a scoping study towards targeted for towards the end of the year. And our pre-feasibility study will be hopefully in the first half next year. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to Cruxcast or our website, cruxinvestor.com and of course our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.